0: Why, hello there. Welcome back to Wrestling Highlights of the Week, presented by my Two Cents podcast, hosted by G2. I am G2. I am here to bring you Wrestling Highlights of the Week for Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, and Impact Wrestling. And before today's episode is done with, since this Sunday is going to be AEW's Revolutions uh, pay per view, I'll be giving you guys my predictions. But that's at the end of the show. Now, to start the show, we will start off on Monday Night Raw. Raw on the show, we will have Finn Balor challenging edge to a match at wrestlemania we will not get the challenge uh accepted or answered we'll have to wait until next week's episode of monday night raw also john cena is returning to raw next week they'll be in boston and austin theory makes it known that he's going to be there to meet with john cena so we're probably going to get the open invitation for theory uh challenging john cena to a match at wrestlemania more likely for the united states championship now, when we open up Monday Night Raw, we would go out to Jimmy Uso and Solo Zakoa in the ring dressed to compete. Jimmy would have a microphone to talk about how people on the outside are looking at the bloodline and have the cracks in it. But Jimmy would reassure everyone that it's just family being family and that family fights with one another. Jimmy would remind everyone that Roman is going to appear on SmackDown to let everyone know who runs WWE. And this would bring the Street Profits to come out and they will start messing with Jimmy and Solo because Jay isn't out there with them. Now, Jimmy would retort to the Street Profits, and we would get into a brawl between both teams, which will set up a tag match between the Street Profits and Jimmy and Solo Sacoa. Jimmy and Solo would win the match by pinfall, when Solo would hit Angelo Dawkins with a Samoa spike, and then after the match, Jimmy and Solo would beat up on Montez Ford. Solo would leave the ring to grab a chair and place it around Montez's neck. Solo would look to ram his hip into Tez's neck, but Kevin Owen would Rush into the ring and hit Solo with a super kick. Jimmy Uso would try to get in the ring, but he would get hit with a Stone Cold Stunner. And Kevin Owens would leave the ring. And it would be announced later in the night that next week on Monday Night Raw, Kevin Owens will be going against Solo Sokoa. Now, after this, we would get the VIP lounge segment and the guest would be Brock Lesnar. Brock would come out first and make himself at home in the VIP lounge And MVP would come out, but he would be hesitant to enter the ring because Brock is Brock and he does whatever he wants to do. Brock would tell MVP that he's out here for business, and he would reassure MVP that he isn't going to take him to Suplex City. Now, MVP would get in the ring, and he still would be hesitant. Brock would tell MVP to sell him on this fight with Omaz. And MVP would do so. MVP will hype up the fight the exact same way Paul Heyman would do it. And this would impress Brock Lesnar to the point that Brock would tell MVP that he liked his uh hype up of the fight and he's accepting the challenge. And he would tell MVP that he wants to seal the deal with a handshake and a drink. MVP will tell Brock that they should drink some champagne, but Brock will say that he's going to drink some of the good stuff. And he will pull out a flask out of his jacket. Brock would drink from his flask and insist that MVP drink some. And at first, MVP would try to get out of it, but it's Brock Lesnar. And he used the intimidation factor. So, MVP would drink out of the flask, but the fluid didn't sit well with MVP. And MVP would spit the fluid right into Brock's face. Not on purpose. And MVP would try to give Brock his handkerchief so Brock could wipe all the fluid off of his face. Brock would use it, stuff the handkerchief right back in MVP's suit pocket. Then grab MVP and handle with an F5. So the match has been official. It is Omas going against Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Now after this, we would get Cody Rhodes going against Chad Gable with Otis in his corner. Cody would win the match by pinfall by hitting Chad Gable with the Crossroads for the win. After the match, Cody would get a mic and mention that he hasn't been in the ring with his WrestleMania opponent Roman Reigns and Roman is going to be on SmackDown, and Cody is ecstatic about that because Cody would announce that he as well will be on SmackDown. So you could better believe that Cody and Roman is probably going to have a face-off or some type of word with one another on SmackDown. Now, Asuka versus Carmella will be next. Asuka would win the match by submission by locking in a double arm bar, and Carmella would tap out. After the match, Asuka will get a mic and call Bianca Belair out to the ring. Bianca will come to the ring, Bianca will get face-to-face with Asuka, letting her know that if she has something to say, she can say it right now, and that they do have a match at WrestleMania. Carmella would push Asuka into Bianca, then leave the ring, and it was announced that next week Bianca Belair will be going against Carmella. Now, after this, we get Candice LeRae with Nikki Cross in her corner, going against Piper Niven. Candice would win the match by pinfall, thanks to Piper focusing on Nikki Cross towards the end of the match. Piper had the match all under control and when she fought with Candice outside of the ring and threw Candice back into the ring Piper would look at Nikki and throw Nikki into the barricade after that Piper would get in the ring and Candice would grab Piper and roll her up for a win now after that match we will have Miz TV and Miz would announce that he is going to be the host of WrestleMania and Miz would then be interrupted by Seth Rollins Seth will tell Miz that he's out here for one reason And it's because Miz knows Logan Paul and he wanted Miz to call Logan Paul. Miz would tell Seth no and that he isn't going to do the bidding of Seth because Miz is going to WrestleMania, while Seth, on the other hand, is not. Seth would then superkick Miz and knock him out. And Seth would then take Miz's phone and FaceTime Logan Paul. Seth would then issue an open invitation to Logan Paul to show up next week on Monday Night Raw and Logan Paul would accept the invitation. So we're getting, again, the setup for Seth and Logan, and more than likely you're going to get Seth probably issuing the challenge to Logan for a match at WrestleMania because, again, Mania is in another, what, four weeks now? So, yeah, they got to hurry up and start getting this stuff underway and get the matches, like, set in stone. So Seth versus Logan Paul probably going to be announced next week on Monday Night Raw. Now, after this, we will have Bobby Lashley going against Elias. Bobby would win the match by submission by locking in the heart lock after hitting the spear on Elias, and Elias would tap out. After the match, Bobby would get a mic and talk about why he isn't happy. He talks about beating Bright Lesnar at Elimination Chamber and wanting more. Now he has to deal with Bray and his childish games. Bobby would warn Bray to keep his name out of his mouth, and then Bobby would leave the ring and start walking up the ramp. And when he does this, a video of Bray would play and it's old footage of Bray, but he's making fun. And he's basically singing a song called Do the Muscle Man Dance. It's so stupid. Like, incredibly stupid. But at the end of it, you'll get flash cuts of videos of Bray basically telling Bobby to run. So we're still trying to go with the Bobby versus Bray thing here. The fans didn't understand the video. The video was cringy, and I don't like this feud with Bray and uh Bobby here. I don't like it. I wish we would have got Brock. Versus Bray, because again, they want to tie in the Undertaker effect with Bray and all this other stuff. But we're going with uh, Bobby and Bray here and Brock and Omos. God bless. Now, up next was Otis with Maximum Male Models in his corner going against Johnny Gargano. Johnny would win the match by pinfall by hitting the one final beat on Otis to win the match. And it was announced that next week Johnny Gargano will be going against Finn Balor. Now it's time for the main event for the Women's Tag Team Championships. It'll be the challengers Becky Lynch and Lita going against the champions Io Sky and Dakota Kai with Bailey in their corner. Becky Lynch and Lita are now your new Women's Tag Team Champions because Lita would get the win for her team by pinfall when she would hit Io Sky with the moonsault. Also, Trish Stratus would come down to the ring during the match to interfere on behalf of Becky and Lita to be their equalizer for Bailey on Io and Dakota's side. So, Trish did her part. That will lead to Becky and Lita to win the match, becoming the new tag champions. After the match was over, you saw Becky, Lita, and Trish celebrate in the middle of the ring with Pyro going off, and that's how Monday Night Raw would end. So, with that, that is your Raw Wrestling Highlights of the week. Now, we're off to NXT, and NXT this week was basically their preparation to build up for their NXT special. Roblox that's happening next Tuesday. And on this episode of NXT, we would be getting announced that Andre Chase will go against Joe Gacy at Roblock next week. DiJack has accepted Tony D'Angelo's proposition for a jailhouse street fight, which they will be going against one another next week. And the way to win that match is to put your opponent inside of a jail cell. And there's a no holds barred style matchup for that. Also, Shawn Michaels would tweet out that he is going to meet Grayson Waller next week on Roblox so they can talk it out on the Grayson Waller effect. Now, NXT will open up with the NXT locker room brawling backstage to see who would take on Wesley in the North American Championship Open Challenge matchup. At first, it was look little as uh, Malik Blade and Ninja Zanafe would be the ones to challenge, but Davikato would shoulder tackle both men, and then you will see Apollo Crews jump off the barricade and attack Kato. We would then see Nathan Fraser, who we haven't seen since Halloween Havoc, appear, and he would run down to the ring. And he was sliding in the ring, and he'll get nose-to-nose nose with Wesley. And we have our matchup right here for the North American Championship. Wesley going against Nathan Frazier. Wesley would win the match by a pinfall by hitting the cardiac kick on Nathan Frazier for the win. Solid match between Wesley and Nathan Frazier. It was great to see Nathan Frazier back. I was thinking about Frazier, but two weeks ago? I never mentioned it on the show. This is always a fleeting thought when I watch the uh, programming. And I wonder, where's Nathan Frazier? He hasn't been on television for a minute. But... Got our answer. I think he was probably injured or something, but I'm glad to see Nathan Frazier back here. It was great to see him going against West. They went uh, speed for speed throughout the match, and Wesley was able to get one up on Nathan Frazier to win the match. After this, we had Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen going against Shear with Jinder Mahal in their corner. Shear would win the match by pinfall when Shear would choke slam Jensen, then send him into Veer, who hit his million dollar clothesline for the win. After the match, Gender Mahal would throw out the challenge for a six-man tag match at Roblox to the Creeds. Later in the night, the Creeds would go and see if Damon Kemp will want to be their partners. Damon would shut down that offer, and this would allow the NXT champion Braun Breaker to walk up to the Creeds and offer his assistance. And the Creeds would accept it. So next week we have Indishir and Gender Mahal going against the Creeds and the NXT champion, Braun Breaker. Now, after this, we go to Gigi Dolan coming down to the ring. Gigi would talk about what happened to her three weeks ago when J.C. turned her back on her. Gigi would say this isn't the first time she has been turned on by family. But what J.C. has done was awaken something in Gigi. And Gigi would continue to talk about being knocked down constantly throughout her whole life, but being able to get back up. And then next week, J.C. needs to bring everything ...whenever they face off against each other at Roadblock... ...so it would be announced that Gigi Dolan will go against J.C. Jane... ...next week on NXT Roadblock. After this, we have the matchup of Maiko Sotomora ...going against Zoe Stark with Roxanne Perez... ...the NXT Women's Champion on commentary. Sotomora would win the match by pinfall by hitting Scorpio Rising... ...which is an axe kick to the back of the head on Zoe Starks for the win. After the match, Roxanne would get into the ring... ...and you would see a face-off between Roxanne and Sotomora. To hype up their NXT Women's uh, Championship matchup next week. After this, we have Sol Ruka going against Electra Lopez with Valentina Flores in her corner. Sol would win the match by pinfall thanks to Flores interfering. When Electra Lopez would go over to the corner and go to the top turnbuckle pad, and she will try to grab for her brass knuckles, it wasn't there. She will see Flores holding them, and Electra will ask for Flores to hand her the knuckles. Flores wouldn't do it and say that she doesn't need it. This would allow Soul to hit Soul Snatcher on Electra Lopez for the win. After the match, Flores would get in the ring, and Electra would start shoving Flores, calling her a loser, and this would make Flores hit Electra with the brass knuckles. Now, after this, we would have Kiana Chance with Caden Carter in her corner, going against Tiffany Stratton. Tiffany would win the match by pinfall, thanks to Isla Don and Alba Fire coming to the ring, and this would distract Katana, who was on the top turnbuckle, when Katana jumped towards Tiffany Stratton, Tiffany would catch her and hit the steamroller and then finish Katana with the best moonsault ever for the win. After the match, Tiffany would get a microphone and announce that she wants to be the next NXT Women's Champion, so Tiffany has put on notice Roxanne Perez and Mako Satomura because whoever wins that match more than has to face Tiffany Stratton, and I can see that match more than likely happened at NXT Stand and Deliver. Now, after this, we will have Axiom going against Hank Walker. Axiom would win the match by pinfall by hitting Golden Ratio on Hank Walker for the win. Now, it's off to the main event. Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams in this corner going against Tyler Bate. Carmelo Hayes would win the match by pinfall thanks to some interference from Trick Williams. When Tyler Bate would hit Carmelo Hayes with an exploder suplex off the top turnbuckle, Tyler would then go to the top turnbuckle and you will see Trick Williams get on the ring apron, run towards Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate would kick Trick Williams off the ring apron. Tyler would then look to hit a spiral tap, but miss. And this would allow Mello to go to the top turnbuckle and hit nothing but net onto Tyler Bate and cover him for the win. Now, after the match, as NXT was wrapping up, you saw Mello look into the camera and say that there's no roadblocks in between him and standing deliver. He's beaten everybody except one man. And now he has his eyes set on that one person and he's talking about Braun Breaker, but he does not say Braun's name specifically. But we all know who he's talking about because he mentioned that he wants to become the NXT champion. So it's only Braun Breaker left. And that's, again, the match that everybody wants to see, Braun Breaker going against Carmelo Hayes. And we all know what's going to happen at Stand and Deliver. We just got to wait and see how Carmelo will basically go up against uh, Braun after his Six-man tag match with the Creed's against Indy Sheer next week at Roblox. So, that is your NXT wrestling highlights of the week. Now, we're off to AEW Dynamite. Dynamite will open up with an All-Atlantic Championship match where the champion Orange Cassidy went against Big Bill with Stokely Hathaway in this corner. Orange Cassidy would win the match by pinfall by hitting three Orange Punches in a row two running Orange Punches, and then the final one delivered from the top turnbuckle, and that will finally take Big Bill off his feet and allow Orange Cassidy to cover him for the win. Now, after this, the Elite were supposed to come to the ring, but they were stopped by the House of Black at the entrance stage. Literally, as the Elite were doing their entrance, the lights will go out. Then once the lights pop back on, the House of Black will be behind the Elite. Then the lights will go out again. You'll hear some skirmishing in the dark. And then once it pop back on, the Elite were laid out on the ground, and the House of Black will be holding the Trios Championships. So this is to get people amped up for their upcoming match at Revolution for the Trios Championships. Now after this, it's time for the Face of the Revolution ladder match, with the competitors Will Hobbs, Sammy Guevara, Eddie Kingston, Ortiz, Konosuke Takeshita, Action Andretti, AR Fox, and Commander. Powerhouse Hobbs would win the match by pushing Takeshita off the ladder, then climbing the ladder to grab the brass ring to win the match here. So, Powerhouse Hobbs will be getting his TNT Championship match next week. Will he be facing Samoa Joe or Warlow? We'll get those answers at Revolution because Samoa Joe is going to be going against Warlow for the TNT Championship. Now, highlights of this match was Powerhouse Hobbs hitting A.R. Fox with a Death Valley driver onto the ladder, Commander walking the ropes to hit A.R. Fox with a shooting star press as A.R. Fox was already on the ladder. Action Andretti hitting Sammy Guevara with a Falcon Arrow off the ladder onto another ladder, and Takeshita hitting Commander with a Blue Thunder Bomb off the ladder that was perched in the angle. Then you have Daniel Garcia pushing Action Andretti and Commander off of a ladder, then setting up a ladder outside of the ring on two chairs, then putting Action Andretti on said ladder as Sammy Guevara will climb a tall ladder and hit Action Andretti with a swanton bomb off of the ladder and breaking the ladder that Action Andretti is on. This match was nothing but a full car crash with all competitors except for Eddie Kingston and Ortiz. Eddie Kingston and Ortiz, they'll be brawling literally at the beginning of the match, and they'll be making their way up the ramp and basically towards the back, and that's the last that you see of Eddie Kingston and Ortiz here. So those two basically took each other out of this matchup here, which allowed the focus to be on nothing but the high flyers of Sammy Guevara, uh, Action Andretti, AR Fox, and Commander. And then you had the big powerhouse of powerhouse Hobbs here. Then you had Takeshita, who could basically do everything here. So those uh, six guys were able to do what they had to do in this matchup here. And it was a great ladder match here. Everybody did what they had to do. I did not think Powerhouse Hobbs was going to win. I thought Takeshita was going to win because you see the rocket that they want to put Takeshita on. But when I saw Powerhouse Hobbs push Takeshita off the ladder and he started climbing it, I was so happy because Powerhouse Hobbs is a guy that, again, I made it abundantly clear whenever I gave out the year-end reviews. He's the guy for me on AEW that you should be really look forward to seeing a lot. He's a guy that you should be putting a lot of eggs in the basket for Powerhouse Hobbs because he has that uh, ability and that star power at least to grab you by attention on television with the presence and everything else. And he just needs that push. He just needs that starlight to be bright on him the same way that I said that Ricky Starks should have been highlighted more in 2022, and they did that in 2022 for Ricky Starks. So I'm happy to see them do that with Powerhouse Hobbs here. Now... Further along, after this, we would get Chris Jericho going against Peter Avalon. Chris Jericho would win the match by pinfall by hitting the code breaker for the win. After the match, Jericho would grab his bat and hit Peter in the head with it. Then he would hit Peter multiple times before Ricky Starks would run down to the ring to make the save. Jericho would leave the ring and grab a mic, and he would do this to distract Ricky Starks as Jake Hager and Daniel Garcia would run into the ring and attack Ricky Starks. Jericho would help Garcia and Hager... And Ricky will try to hold his own, which he does do for a little while, but the numbers would be too much for Ricky, and Jericho would hit Ricky with a Judas Effect to lay Ricky Starks out. And again, this is just to build up their matchup, that they have a revolution where the Jericho Appreciation Society, they're barred from ringside, and it's just going to be Chris Jericho and Ricky Starks, where I think Ricky will beat Chris Jericho. Oh, that's already one spoiler that I gave away here, or at least one prediction. Uh, After this, we had Christian Cage coming down to the ring to get interviewed. Christian would be asked about his feelings towards Jungle Boy, Christian mentions that for the last six months, he has been putting a beating on Jungle Boy at will. And he said that he thought that he was done with Jungle Boy until he was home and he turned on the TV and he saw Jungle Boy mention that he wants to be a champion this year. So Christian's out here and he would make the proclamation that he is going to be a champion this year before Jungle Boy could. Christian will further talk about how Jungle Boy treats this business like a video game and Christian has a problem with that because he sees this business as an ATM machine and Christian isn't done milking this business for all it's worth. He will say that Jungle Boy isn't a closer because he couldn't hit him with a concerto and Christian would ask Jungle Boy if he's sure he wants to do this. Then the lights will go out, a video will play and it shows Jungle Boy digging a hole up in the ground. Then you will see a montage. Play of Christian and Jungle Boy, like moments when they work close together, and how uh this bond you saw them having, and then you'll see towards the end of that video, you see where, where Christian turns back on Jungle Boy and they start beefing with one another. And at the end of said video, you will see a headstone that would read Christian Cage's name on it. So Jungle Boy wants to put a beating on Christian Cage. So once the video gets done playing, he goes back to Christian being a little bit frightened in the ring, but he will just leave the ring. So after this, we will have our FTW Championship match of Hook going against Matt Hardy, who has Stokely Hathaway, Ethan Page, and Isaiah Cassidy in his corner. And the condition for this match is if Hook wins against Matt Hardy, he will get his match against Stokely Hathaway and the firm will be barred from ringside and it'll be a no disqualification match. Hook would win this match against Matt Hardy by submission when Hook will reverse the twist of fate and turn it into the red rum, and Matt Hardy would tap out immediately. So now we know the fate of Stokely Hathaway. Stokely now has to face Hook in a no disqualification match with the firm being barred from ringside, and we're just waiting for when that match will be announced. Now, after this, we will have Tony Storm with Saray in her corner going against Riho. Riho would win the match by pinfall thanks to Britt Baker interfering. When Tony had Riho in the Texas Cloverleaf, Britt Baker would get on the ring apron, and Tony would run towards Britt to try to hit Britt. Britt would hop off the apron, and this would allow Riho to roll up Tony for the win. After the match, Tony would leave the ring and follow Britt and start fighting with her. Jamie Hayter and Soraya would get in a brawl in the middle of the ring. Ruby Soho would run down to the ring, and at first, Ruby would hit Soraya, and it looks like Ruby has aligned herself with Britt and Jamie Hayter, but Ruby would then hit Jamie, and now all three ladies would brawl in the ring as refs and security would run down to the ring to pull all three ladies apart. And this is again to build up their match at Revolution for their triple threat match for the AEW Women's Championship. Now after this, we have the Revolution Tag Team Battle Royal, where the winner will get the final spot in the Fatal Four Way Tag Team Championship match at Revolution. Team Danhausen and Orange Cassidy would win the match by Lashley eliminating Butcher and The Blade. So, Dan Housen, Orange Cassidy, The Guns, Jeff Jarrett, and uh, Jay Lethal, and The Acclaim will all be facing each other at Revolution for the AEW Tag Team Championships. Now, after the match, The Guns would walk down to the ring to confront Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen. Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal would attack Cassidy and Dan Housen from behind. The Acclaim would run down to the ring to make the save, and you will see Jeff Jarrett... Jay Lethal and the Guns all retreat and run away. So, again, this is setting the table and the stage for their match at Revolution here. And the reason why Dan Housen and Orange Cassidy was even in this tag team battle royal was because last week, uh, the Guns and the firm beat up Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta. So, Dan Housen and Orange Cassidy decided that they will join in this tag team battle royal. And they win here. So, we'll see what happens here. I will be curious to see if Orange Casting and Danhausen win the AEW tag team titles at Revolution and see what type of strain that will put on their relationship with Chuck and Trent. But we'll have to see what happens at Revolution. Now it's time for the main event segment here Brian Danielson and MJF. Brian will cut MJF off before MJF could say anything, and Brian will list off the reasons why MJF has claimed he's hated Brian Danielson. Brian will mention that MJF has taken every shortcut to win that championship and he hasn't fought for it mgf has been handed everything while brian had to fight for everything brian will mention that he had a job previously that would have paid him for the rest of his life but he left and joined AEW because he wanted to fight brian is referencing wwe here when he said that brian will let mgf know that he better be ready to fight brian in the 60 minute iron man match because if he isn't you are going to get your fucking head kicked in! Now, with Brian making that message known to MJF, MJF will look at Brian petrified, and MJF will just turn away and just walk up the ramp. So, again, this is setting up their one hour Ironman match at Revolution, and this is just to let MJF know that he got to bring it to Brian Danson, because if not, he's going to get his head kicked in, one, and two, he's more than likely going to lose his AEW World Championship, but again, we'll have to wait and see what happens at AEW Revolution. But with that, that is your AEW Dynamite wrestling highlights of the week. Now moving into Impact Wrestling. Impact had their no surrender event last week. And I'm just gonna redraw the results that happened last week with that event. Frankie Gazarian would defeat Khan by Pinfall. The Death Dolls will be remaining your Impact knockouts tag team champions when they defeat the Hex. You see Joe Henry defeat Moose to retain his Impact Digital Media Championship. Steve Macklin is now your new Impact Number One Contender because he beat Brian Myers, Heath, and PCO. Uh, Bullet Club's Ace Austin, Chris Bay, and Kenta defeated Time Machine, which consists of the Impact Tag Team Champions Alex Shelley and Chris Saban, and Kashida by pinfall. Mickey James retained her Impact Knockouts World Championship by defeating Masha Slamovich by pinfall. And the Impact World Champion, Josh Alexander, he would retain his Impact World Championship by defeating Rich Swan by pinfall. Now, moving on into what happened on Impact Wrestling this week. Ace Austin and Chris Bay will come out to the ring first to peacock about their win at No Surrender against Kushida and the Motor City Machine Guns. They will mention how important the Motor City Machine Guns were to their career as they will look up to them when they first got started into wrestling, but now they call Motor City Machine Guns the past because they are here and they're staking their claim as the best tag team in Impact Wrestling. The Motor City Machine Guns will come out to the ring and lay out how they are still performing at a level that make them the top of the food chain because they are the Impact Tag Team Champions. Chris Bay would tell the Motor City Machine Guns that Him and Ace Austin are the best tag team in Impact, and he says that he sees them wrestling Motor City Machine Guns at Sacrifice. Alex Shelley would insist that they not wait for Sacrifice and that they wrestle tonight for the tag team championships. Motor City Machine Guns would stick their hands out, and Bay and Austin would shake their hands, so that clarifies it that in the main event of Impact, it will be the Impact tag team championships being on the line. Now, the first match to start off Impact would be Mike Bailey going against Shane Haste, Mike Bailey would win the match by pinfall by hitting Ultima Weapon for the win. The second match on Impact would be Kenny King going against Kevin Knight. Kenny King would win the match by pinfall by hitting the Royal Flush for the win. Now, after this, we will get Mickey James coming down to the ring. Mickey will be proud to still be the knockouts champion. She would mention that Naysayers told her that she would lose to Masha at no surrender, but here she is still champion. Mickey would then focus her attention on Jordan Grace because Jordan Grace has been walking around saying that Mickey James tapped in their match at Hard to Kill. So Mickey declares that she wants to face Jordan to dispel that whole match up there. Giselle Shaw, Jay Vidal, and Savannah Evans will come down to the ring and Giselle would say that Mickey is ducking her. Mickey would tell Giselle that she has beaten Giselle before and she is glad to do it again. Giselle will say that that was a different version of Giselle, not this version. This version of Giselle has torn apart every tag team she's been a part of. This version has beaten Diana Perrazzo. Giselle will tell Mickey that when she is done with Jordan, that she's next. Mickey will tell Giselle that she doesn't have to wait until she faces Jordan. They can do their match right now. Giselle will say that she's not dressed to compete. So this will lead to Gail Kim coming out and making a match between the two ladies next week for the Knockouts Championship. Now, later, you will see Jordan Grace walk up to Santino Morella and tell Santino that whoever wins that match next week, she wants to cash in her rematch clause and have her match at sacrifice for the knockouts championship, so Santino makes it official. Now, after this, we would get Trey Miguel going against PCO. PCO would win this match by disqualification when Eddie Edwards would run down to the ring with a shovel and hit PCO behind the head with it. The referee would see the hit and call for the bell. PCO will go after Eddie and then hit him with a choke slam in the middle of the ring. Security would come down to the ring and separate PCO from Eddie Edwards. PCO would push security off of him and then climb the turnbuckle because Eddie Edwards is outside the ring. PCO would hit a moonsault on security that's outside of the ring with Eddie Edwards, but Eddie would not be hit by the moonsault because he would hop the guardrail to escape PCO. Now, after this, it's time for the main event. The Impact Tag Team Championship match where the Motor City Machine Guns went against Chris Bay and Ace Austin. Now, we have new Impact Tag Team Champions. Chris Bay and Ace Austin are the new Impact Tag Team Champions. When they will hit the Art of Finesse and then the Fold onto Alex Shelley to win the match here. Now, this is a special time for Ace Austin and Chris Bay because they won this in Las Vegas this is the home of Chris Bay. He has a whole lot of special moments here in Las Vegas. This is where he made his debut in Impact. This is where he challenged for the exhibition and the tag team championships in Impact. He has done a lot of things in Vegas. Uh, Ace Austin, he made his official debut in Las Vegas. And this is just a special moment for these two guys. I'm glad that they are the new tag team champions of Impact. Uh, I'm not... I'm not going to lie to you. I wasn't so uh, keen on the idea of Ace Austin and Chris Bay teaming up together because I didn't like the idea that Ace Austin went into Bullet Club when Chris Bay should have been the focus for the Bullet Club's, uh junior heavyweight division side for Impact. I felt that way. But Ace Austin and Chris Bay, seeing them click as a tag team, seeing them work, it really works together. So I'm glad that I was wrong on this one. And I'm glad to see Ace Austin and Chris Bay to be Impact tag team champions. So. Congratulations to the two guys. Now with that, that is your Impact Wrestling. Wrestling Highlights of the Week. Now we're off to SmackDown. SmackDown will open up with the bloodline coming out to the ring. Everyone's there except for Jay Uso. And before Roman could get to business, Cody Rhodes would make his way down to the ring. Cody would get a mic and let Roman know that he is out here to talk to Roman and not engage in physical activity. Cody would question Roman, does he need to have his people around him for this conversation? Paul and Solo would be told to leave the ring by Roman and Jimmy would follow, leaving Roman in the ring with Cody. Roman would play the championships on the mat and ask Cody, what does he want to talk about? Cody would tell Roman, how about yourself? Cody would list off Roman being a champion for 915 days and that Roman Reigns has preceded the legend. Cody would then tell Roman a little bit about himself, saying that people see Roman as a mountain that people can't climb. But that's what Cody does. Cody will list things that people said that he couldn't survive. Being Randy's understudy. Being the Stardust character. And having 10,000 people show up to an independent show that he ran with his buddies. He was referring to the all-in event that happened in 2018. And Cody will say that he continues to topple mountains and will do so with Roman Reigns. Roman would ask Cody, has he won the WWE Championship before? Has he ever competed for it? How about, have you ever made a WrestleMania? Roman would say that he has been groomed to do this since he was a little boy by his father and by Cody's father. Roman would talk about how Dusty saw something in him and how he prophesied all of this. Roman being the it factor, having the it factor, being the main event be in the face of the company. And Roman would start toying with Cody, asking Cody, does he want to know what his father said about him? Nothing. He never said anything ever about you, at least not when I was with him. I don't know about the, uh, maybe when Seth was in there, or Kevin Owens or Becky, maybe he talked about you all the time. But when I was in there, it was like, you did not exist. I know he's not here anymore, but just know this. If there's anything that he didn't teach you, I will. Now, after Roman says all of this, he would extend his hand out to Cody and wait for Cody to shake his hand. Cody, on the other hand, he would grit his teeth and he would talk to Roman. And he would tell Roman that you sent Paul Heyman to Monday Night Raw to not tell me any fables. This was the truth. So now, Cody, feeling that Paul was telling the truth about how Dusty wanted Roman as a kid and how Roman is basically the kid that he always wanted. This lights a battery into Cody. This lights a fire in him. Because now, he has to defeat Roman Reigns. He tells Roman it's no longer about finishing the story. It's all about being a necessary thing to beat Roman. Because when he does this, he will prove that he does exist. You say I don't exist. I have to exist. And the only way that I can exist is by beating you at WrestleMania. So absolutely, Roman Reigns, Sir Champ, may the better man win. Now, after Cody would say all this, he would extend his hand and he would shake Roman's hands. So now we have that official meeting between the two done and out of the way here. Roman would leave the ring, and he would play it cool, but Cody's words got to him. Roman would just snarl as he would walk up the ramp, and later in the night, we'd go backstage, Roman's in his locker room with Solo, Paul, and Jimmy, and he would ask Jimmy has he got in contact with Jay, and Jimmy would say, yeah, Roman would ask how's Jay doing, he says he's doing better every day, and he would ask Jimmy, so what what is he saying? He's saying that he needs just some time. So, Roman will tell Jimmy that he's starting to get tired of him. And he's not saying of Jay. He told Jimmy that he's getting tired of Jimmy. So, he has Jimmy go out there and try to get in contact with Jay again. And you will see Jimmy leave the locker room. Now, to the first match of the night, it'll be Liv Morgan going against Rhea Ripley with Dominic Mysterio in Rhea's corner. Rhea would win the match by submission by hitting the riptide, then applying the inverted. Cloverleaf, making Liv Morgan tap out. So this is this giving Rhea some more ammunition as she goes against Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania to let Charlotte know that she could beat her with not only a pinning maneuver, as in the Riptide, but a submission move with the inverted Cloverleaf. Now after this, we go backstage. Ray Ripley and Dominic's walking backstage, and Santos Escobar would walk up on Dom and tell Dom that he needs to get hit, and he knows that Ray isn't going to do it because Ray is his father, but he got a match with him. Thanks to Adam Pierce. So that match is next. And Dominic would win that match by pinfall, thanks to interference of Rhea Ripley. When Dominic would pull out Brass Knuckles and the referee would see it, Dom would basically distract the referee by this, while Rhea would take Santos out of the ring and hit him with Riptide outside of the ring. Then throw him back in the ring, and Dom would hit Santos Escobar. With the frog splash. Now after the match. You will see Dominic Mysterio go up. To grab the mask that Rey Mysterio gave Santos. A couple weeks ago. Santos brought that mask down here. To the ring. And Dominic would take that mask. And start ripping that Rey Mysterio mask. And as he's ripping the mask. Walking up the ramp with Rhea Ripley. Rey Mysterio would come out on the stage. And he would tell Dominic to hand him back the mask. Dominic would tell Rey that. He would hand it to him if he hits him. Ray wouldn't do so because, again, that's his son and Ray is the father of Dominic here. So he tells Dom he isn't going to do it. Dom would insist that Ray do it. Ray still wouldn't. So Dom would just throw the mask on the floor and start walking away. And as Ray begins to pick up the mask, Dominic will sucker punch Ray from behind, knocking Ray down to the ground. Now, as a fan, you can already tell where this is going. The match just hasn't been made yet. But you know, Rey Mysterio is going to go against Dominic at WrestleMania. And I'm saying it again. Whenever Rey gets that first hit off on Dominic, that crowd is going to blow up. That crowd is going to get the biggest chant. You guys think that that Sammy thing was something? Nah, everybody wants to see Dominic get his face popped off by Rey. So expect that big, loud pop at WrestleMania when it does happen. Now, after this, we get Drew McIntyre coming down to the ring. Drew will be out here to say that he wants Gunther at WrestleMania for the Intercontinental Championship. And this will send Sheamus to come out here and get at Drew. Because Drew knows how important that Intercontinental Championship means to Sheamus. And that Drew knew that Sheamus wanted to face Gunther at WrestleMania. Sheamus would call Drew a backstabbing bastard. And this will lead to LA Knight coming out and talk about being at WrestleMania. Then the New Day would come out. And so would Karrion Cross. L.A. Knight would attack the New Day from behind, then throw them out of the ring. Sheamus would clothesline L.A. Knight out of the ring. And when Sheamus turned around, Drew would be in position to do something to Sheamus, but he doesn't attack Sheamus. Instead, Drew would run the ropes and hit a Top Gun helo onto the New Day and L.A. Knight outside of the ring. This would lead to Karrion Cross getting in the ring, attacking Sheamus from behind, and throwing Sheamus into the ring post. And Karrion Cross was the last man standing in this ring. And it was announced that next week, Kofi Kingston, LA Knight, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, and Karen Cross will all face each other in a Fatal 5 way for a Intercontinental Championship qualifying match. What does that mean? I have no idea. They did not go into clarification of it. I think they mean a number one contenders match, but more information will be displayed next Friday on SmackDown. After this, we have Shayna Baszler with Ronda Rousey in her corner going against Tegan Nox, who had Natalia in her corner. Shayna Baszler would win the match by submission by applying an armbar with the twist, making Tegan Knox tap out. Now, after this, Bobby Lashley will appear and he will walk to the ring. Bobby's out here to talk about Bray Wyatt. Bobby will call Bray to the ring, but instead of Bray coming out, we would get Uncle Howdy, and Uncle Howdy would attack Bobby from behind. Howdy would get a couple shots off on Bobby, but Bobby would overpower Howdy and deliver a one-handed spine buster. Now, Bobby was in position to spear Uncle Howdy, but the lights would turn off. And when they turned back on, Uncle Howdy was gone. So again, this is still Bray Wyatt messing around with Bobby Lashley here. I don't like this feud right here. I don't. I watched a video on what YouTube about the explanation of why Bray is going after Bobby Lashley. They're saying it's because Bray wants to take down the ideal image of Vince McMahon, or the ideal image of WWE, this big, muscled-up, jacked-up guy like Bobby Lashley, so hopefully we get Bray saying that next week on SmackDown, saying that next week on Raw, to at least get everybody to understand that's what it is, but if we don't get no true explanation, ah, I'm just going to say this feuds a dud, but time will tell. After this, we'll go back to Roman Reigns uh, backstage with Paul, and Jimmy would walk in, Roman will ask Jimmy what Jay said. Jimmy will say that Jay asked for more time. And Roman will say that's what Jay said. This will lead to Jimmy telling Roman the truth with Jay saying that Roman needs to leave him the hell alone. This will lead to Roman talking to Jimmy and saying that he can't believe that Jay is doing that to them. Thanks to all the stuff that they have done for Jay. And that Roman gives Jimmy an order to be out there with Solo to take care of the Sammy problem. Because all this started... When Sammy became into the bloodline. So Jimmy has his marching orders. He leaves to follow Solo to the ring. Roman would be in the backstage. And Paul would say good job my tribal chief. Roman would pay no attention to that. And Paul just questioned Roman saying so that wasn't a good job. Roman would tell Paul that Jay has one week. One week to get back in the bloodline. Because if he doesn't. Roman isn't going to blame Sami Zayn. He's going to blame Jimmy Uso. So now we have Roman playing a manipulation piece because if people remember the only time that Jay actually bent the knee to Roman at the beginning of this whole bloodline situation in 2020 was because Roman Reigns basically locked in a guillotine choke on Jimmy Uso and Jay had to give out and tap out to save his brother. So he'll do anything for his brother. So that's what we're Trying to see here if Jay is going to come back next week to make sure Jimmy doesn't get in trouble with Roman and he's going to bend the knee to Roman or he's probably just going to let Jimmy eat this. Only time will tell next week on SmackDown. Now, off to the main event. Sami Zayn versus Solo Sokoa with Jimmy Uso in his corner. Roman would be watching the match backstage. Solo would win the match by pinfall thanks to Jimmy. When Sami would go for the huluva kick, Jimmy would pull Solo out of the way. Making Sammy miss. This will allow Solo to hit Sammy with a Samoan spike for the win. After the match, you will see Solo and Jimmy attack Sammy. Solo will get a chair and they will put it around Sammy's neck in the corner turnbuckle. And Solo was going to ram his hip into Sammy, but Jimmy will stop him and say that he wanted to do it. Jimmy would trash talk Sammy some more before running towards him. Sammy would take the chair off of his neck and throw it at Solo. Jimmy would miss his body splash in the corner and this will allow Sammy to hit Jimmy with a haluva kick. Now with Jimmy going down, Sammy would see the chair and he would grab it and he would lift it up in the air and he's looking to hit Jimmy with it. Solo would get up and run towards Sammy. Sammy would throw the chair at Solo and Solo would swat it and Sammy would leave the ring and he would go into the crowd. So that's how SmackDown ends with Solo and Jimmy just staring at Sammy in the crowd and Roman just being more frustrated in his locker room. So again, SmackDown is all about the bloodline and we just got to focus on seeing what's going to happen next week with Jay Uso. Is he going to come back into the fold with the bloodline or is he just going to allow Jimmy to get punished by Roman Reigns? More than likely, my best guess is Jay is going to do what's best for his brother and he's not going to let his brother get punished by Roman. So only time will tell with that one too. But I'm interested and intrigued. So, with that, that is your SmackDown Wrestling Highlights of the week. Now we're off to AEW Rampage. Rampage will open up with a Fatal 4-Way tag team match with Aussie Open going against Top Flight, going against Claudio Castagnoli, and Willie Uta going against John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Claudio and Uta would win the match by pinfall when Uta would tag himself in without Alex Reynolds knowing it, when John Silver and Alex Reynolds would hit a combination of moves on Darius Martin, and Yuta would come in and hit a double foot stomp on Silver, then put Darius in a seatbelt pin for the win. Now, after the match, Silver and Reynolds would attack Claudio and Yuta because they still got unfinished business because Blackpool Combat Club going against uh, Dark Order here. Now, after the match, the next match will be up. It's Riho going against Emi Sakura. Riho would win the match by pinfall by hitting a crucifix pin for the win. No more no needs to be said here. After this, we have Powerhouse Hobbs going against Serpentico. This was a complete squash match. Hobbs would win the match by pinfall by hitting a spine buster, then a burning hammer for the win. After the match, Hobbs will get a mic and say that it doesn't matter if it's Samoa Joe or Rolo, Hobbs plans on becoming the next TNT champion since he has a championship opportunity next week on Dynamite. Now for the main event, Parker Boudreaux and Swerve Strickland going against Keith Lee, and Dustin Rhodes. Keith Lee and Dustin Rhodes would win the match by pinfall when Keith Lee would hit Parker Boudreaux with the Big Bang Catastrophe, which is basically a Death Valley driver into a full slam for the win. Now, that is your AEW Rampage Wrestling Highlights of the week. Now, moving over to the AEW Revolution predictions here. I want to start off with the first match that was actually introduced on rampage it's jungle boy going against christian cage in a final burial match which is their version of a buried alive match in aew for me i see jungle boy winning this christian cage he can lose this we're trying to build up jungle boy he is the future of aew so i'm gonna go with jungle boy here now the trios championships the elite going against the house of black i'm gonna say the elite because they just technically won the freaking trios championships what About a month ago, from the what Death Triangle in House of Black, it would be great for them to win. But right now is not that time. If House of Black would have had a feud with uh the Death Triangle and they would have beat them for it, then I would say okay, cool House of Black. But since the Young Bucks just got it, we're gonna keep it on the Young Bucks and uh, Kenny Omega here. That's my predictions here. But I don't want that rivalry to end just after this one match. No, I want this rivalry to continue between the House of Black and the Elite. Triple threat match for the AEW Women's Championship. Jamie Hayter going against Soraya, going against Ruby Soho. Jamie Hayter's is going to win this. And I think after this match, we might get a woman joining with Soraya and Tony. And again, I still say it might be Chris Statlander. That's just my personal opinion because she's supposed to be coming back from injury. And that would be the only person, at least on the women's roster, that I can see that's beloved by the AEW fans that if she happens to turn on them and join with Soraya and Tony, or at least elevate not just Chris, but it elevates Tony and Soraya up more into the top uh, bad girls in the AEW women's division. Now, Chris Jericho versus Ricky Starks with the Jericho Appreciation Society barred from ringside. I say Ricky Starks, Ricky Starks needs to beat Chris Jericho because Chris Jericho is Chris Jericho, but Ricky Starks, again, we're building him. We're trying to get him to do things. And again, I want Ricky to win because I'm a big proponent of Ricky Starks, and I think AEW is a big proponent of Ricky as well. So, in their best interest, Ricky Starks. The TNT Championship match, Samoa Joe going against Warlow. You know what? I would like to see Powerhouse Hob go against uh, Samoa Joe at television, to be honest. I would like to see that. And personally, I think we need to rebuild Warlow up as being one nasty, snarly individual again. A guy that is down there to take no prisoners. He's not here for jokes. He's not here for games. He's there to just beat up people. Because that's what Warlow basically is. Everybody know him for being that guy that just basically took no prisoners. He powerbombing you until he gets done and being finished with you. And that's it. So if we can get back to that basic formula with Warlow, that would be great. So have Samoa Joe beat Warlow. And then when it's time for Dynamite, we see Powerhouse Hobbs beat Samoa Joe, and Joe can focus on Ring of Honor uh, television since he is the Ring of Honor television champion. Now, the Texas Deathmatch between John Moxley and Heyman Page. This one's a toss-up in the air because either guy could win, and I think people would be happy about it. I think they just want a real, violent, bloody match between John Moxley and Heyman Page here. But for the story reason, who is going to come out in this? You know what? I'm going to give this to John Moxley. Off the strength of somebody from the Dark Order coming down there and beating up Adam Page. Because Adam Page has always had Dark Order in the back as a fiddle. Dark Order is starting to take this more aggressive route with John Silver and Alex Reynolds and Evil Uno taking this more aggressive side to them. And Heyman Page is constantly still trying to keep Dark Order in the back because they're like little buddies, little sidekicks in the here and there. I think Dark Order starting to get aggravated and frustrated with that more and more. So, I would like to see Dark Order basically come out there and beat up on Heyman Page. And that will basically kill Heyman Page's affiliate with Dark Order. And we could get to Heyman Page trying to rebuild back his uh, friendship with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Because that's where we know we're headed to. They've been dropping little hints here and there. So, Let's hurry up and get to it. John Moxley beat Hangman Page because of a member of Dark Order comes out there to basically beat up on Hangman. That's the way I call it here. Now, for the Fatal 4-Way for the AEW Tag Team Titles, Guns, The Acclaim, Arch Cassidy, Danhausen, Jay Lethal, and Jeff Jarrett. I say The Guns because they just won the Tag Team Titles. They just beat The Acclaim. This is their first title defense. I think we need to allow The Guns to build some cachet and credibility with those tag team titles before they just lose it to somebody and they haven't got that cachet or credibility yet with the tag titles. So allow them to keep the titles and let's see where this thing goes with them being tag team champions. Now for the main event, MJF versus Brian Danielson. 60-minute Iron Man match for the AEW World Championship. I think everybody has MJF winning it. How many falls, I have no idea. I'm not even going to try to guess that one. I think probably what DraftKings might have that. I have no idea, so no, you guys can check that if you want. I would think that would be a perfect question for DraftKings to just have because it's a booking site. But everybody has, in my belief, MGF winning. And do I think we're going to get some type of big shocking thing at the end of the pay-per-view because MGF wins? I don't know. That's the big speculation from everybody because everybody been waiting for CM Punk. Everybody's thinking Punk's going to come back after this pay-per-view. You know what? I don't know. Would I be happy if he does? Sure. Will it shock me? Sure. But do I think it's going to happen? Not really. But again, I'm just going to wait and see just like everybody else. But MGF beats Brian Danielson at the Iron Man matchup here. By hook or by crook, he does it. I know he's going to cheat in some of the falls here. I know Brian Danson is going to get some falls off of MJF here. But how many for each guy? I don't know. But just ultimately, MJF wins the matchup here to become the AEW World Champion. And who does he feud with next? I don't know. I think that's going to be the big thing coming out of this uh, whole thing here. Who does MJF feud with here? Uh, Right now, since Adam Cole is supposedly supposed to be getting back in the ring sometime in March here, I can see MJF starting with Adam Cole. And that would be great. I would say why not. But again, I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. Now with that out of the way, this has been your Wrestling Highlights of the Week presented by My Two Cents Podcast, hosted by G2. He is I and I am him. I love you all. I thank you. I hope you guys have a great Saturday. Expect a AEW Revolution review on a Monday because since the event's on a Sunday, expect the review on a Monday. And I hope you guys tune into my Sunday episode. Now, with that being said, I hope you guys have a great Saturday. Be positive. Don't be a dick to anybody and just embrace the day with an open heart. Now with that, I love you. I thank you. Kanye, could you please take these people home? I'm tired, you Uh tired, Jesus wept.